0: Want the reward? Do the damn work. Challenge yourself. Inspire change. Choice, not luck. Good afternoon, everybody. Todd Crandall from Racing for Recovery with another episode of Ignite Euphoria, and I'm thankful to have my chiropractor, Dr. Bauer, here today. How are you, sir?
1: Good, Todd, thank you.
0: I'm glad you're here. Um, Let's start with this. I don't ask people this question to start with, why are you doing this podcast today?
1: We need to get a message out of what we're doing to make a difference in people's lives. So when I get opportunities to speak on different levels, I always take that opportunity. I've been humbled to see the greatest things happen through even the smallest opportunities. So. Appreciate the opportunity to meet with your group and uh, share a little bit about what we're doing to help you and help our communities. Yeah.
0: Great. I, I'm i going to start with this. You have been helping me do what I do physically for over a year now, and I forget which race I was going to, and you were adjusting me and said, I'll be praying for you mm-hmm. this weekend. And I was really moved by that. You. I've had a couple of people that have said things like that to me. One lady said it when I was taking my master's classes. Um, that had a resounding impact on me. But when you said that to me, it really touched me, and I've I've carried that kindness for the several races I've done since then. And I appreciate you saying that to me on a personal level. That has helped me professionally as well. Mm. What made you say that that day? And I'm sure I'm not the only one you say that to.
1: We do have an atmosphere where we're pretty encouraging. Overall, our facility is in an open environment, so uh, it's kind of like a, um, an opportunity for a lot of people to be sharpened up and uh, encouraged. I never thought healthcare should be one where there's a lot of intimidation threats and closed-mindedness, closed rooms. So as it is, uh, in your situation, knowing that you're accomplishing things on a very high level i know you didn't get there on your own whether Mm -hmm. i didn't know anything of what you knew but i knew you didn't and having experiences with others um i know one thing i can do is pray for individuals like yourself that are accomplishing a great amount of good on a lot of levels not just physically so there's so much going on beyond what we see physically that i just uh i get turned down sometimes which is okay but Mm -hmm. i can still pray and i yeah. believe in the power of prayer right. it's made a difference in my life and and i've seen god make a difference in a lot of people's lives
0: you know you mentioned that we're not we can't get to where we are by ourselves mm-hmm. and adam who's mm-hmm. doing the technical stuff with us we had that conversation today that behind every successful entity or person that may have started that entity There's a heck of a lot of good people that are with them. And when I come into your office, I definitely see that as well. I'm not telling you something you don't know, but I am interested, why don't you tell everybody how you became a chiropractor and what that journey's been like?
1: I was a two year teacher, I was burnt out. I uh, had coached and never lost a game and I had things in my life that were actually what I always thought would be the best. Teaching science, coaching basketball, inner city environment, making a difference. And um, after two years without the strength of God in my life, I really had a willingness to die. I just said, this is it. I'm done. Now, it wasn't um, that dark where I uh, needed help, but I knew I was at the end of myself, which is a great place to be. And at that time, uh, I had back pain as an athlete, never really took care of it. I'm one of 13 children, so I didn't have the opportunity to care for myself as I would have liked. And in going to see a chiropractor, I couldn't believe how much of a difference it made for me. That was my last year of teaching. And I was offered a higher uh, position in the coaching, and it was all going very well, but I thought, this is what I need to do. At the time, I was still operating out of my, my own self, knowing that I was making decisions out of my own head. But from the moment I arrived at the largest chiropractic school in Atlanta, Georgia, God had a plan for me. I immediately got around the right kind of people, and uh, one person even said, you know, he was uh, looking to uh, find student patients, which is part of the enrollment process. Would I want to come to the Bible study? And I said, I, I, I never thought of that. You know, it's, those are the greatest questions that you've never thought of. Now, I grew up Catholic all my life. I've learned the Bible. I've appreciated God in my life, but I never lived with God in my life. So from the moment I started chiropractic school, it was a very strong journey in my faith as well, and uh, from Bible studies to growth in different churches and different positions of, of influence. Uh, I've been humbled. I, you know, I, I really when I came back to Toledo from Atlanta, I knew there was a excited there was an exciting piece in my life. And I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense like an exciting piece, but that's what I know it was. That even if I was able to do a little bit, it would go a long way in Toledo, and uh, we we did a group of. Um, Uh, kind of a healthy Toledo movement for several years with a a known author and health coach and advocate. And it was something I was able to be in the director seat and see uh, weight loss happen through healthy lifestyles of whole food eating and moving, which is incredible because it's always manipulative. You know, people try to, to get healthy that way, but it's more a matter of what is happening from the inside out, not necessarily what we're adding from the outside in. So... I just, chiropractic for me, and mind you, I do a little bit of form, a different form of chiropractic. Mm -hmm. It's more science-based. Chiropractic is science, art, and philosophy. I've never been much into the philosophy with faith. I, I just didn't feel like that was much for me to consider, you know, all the ideas of why I'm doing what I'm doing. My why is His glory, and after that comes the what, which is what I do, and the what being use a computerized approach that's calculative to figure out frequency changes, which for me always seemed odd, but as a science teacher, I knew what frequency was. I knew that we operated efficiently in different ranges of frequency and movement, that if we found out how we can do that, which we, of course, the technology I use is is helpful, we can make a lot of difference in people's lives, movement and functionally. So I uh, started in 2006, Um, I mean, I could tell you a lot of details, but God said New Life, which is my office name. I was on a boat. I've never heard the voice of God, but I was with six, one buddy and four of his nephews. And I couldn't believe I heard this two hours out from the shore. And I asked uh, different people about it. It turned out to be a a gentleman that unfortunately suffered an addiction problem and, and now is deceased. But he had an office that he lost immediately before I came in to Toledo in 2002, and uh, when I came in, I had that experience several years later. In 2006, I started New Life Spine Center as a tribute and honor to him, not necessarily affiliated with him. He came back into my life. God does amazing things when you just are trying to follow his path, so that man came back again, and we were able to help him in his recovery and his function and restoration to practice. Again, he's unfortunately deceased, but just healthy Toledo, uh, New Life Spine. God spoke things. He spoke these things in in the tech, technology. He said invest. Uh, I was that wasn't a voice as much as it was me telling people. They would say, "Hey, this opportunity, that opportunity." I say, "Not now. God wants me to invest." And I was saying it. God wants me to invest in what I'm doing. And this is in 2007, after the Healthy T- Toledo campaign in 2007 and 8. I was refusing things for just, I just was saying it. I didn't even know why. I don't use that word. 2008, the technology piece came along, and I thought, this is it. And full faith, I doubled, tripled in practice within two months of starting with the technology. And It's not about me. It's how we're able to help people. So I'm just really thrilled with what God's done through us. But it's a long answer to some of mm-hmm. why I'm uh, enjoying what God's doing through our, our office, New Life Spine Center.
0: Well, now I have a variety of questions. Yeah. Uh, you, one of the things you said was we have to treat from the inside first. Mm-hmm. And at Racing for Recovery with people coming in for addiction problems, a lot of times people want to focus on what drug somebody is using. And I'm like, that's not it. It has nothing to do with the drug somebody is using. It's why they're choosing to use the drug. What's the trauma behind it? So with nutrition and counseling and working from within to heal thyself first inside God, whatever somebody needs to heal within, then the external is enhanced. But so many people think it's external to heal internally. And when you said that, be like, wow, that's yeah. exactly what we.
1: It's a philosophy of life if you want to consider it, but it's yeah, just the way it was always meant to be. Right. I say above, down, inside, out. Yep. Yeah. So that's the way our bodies are made, and that's the way we should live it out.
0: Agreed. And then when you're, you're also talking about, and you're the, I've seen a variety of chiropractors um, and they, they've they helped me, mm-hmm. but you're the first one that's done the, I'm going to mix it up, but the mechanical aspect yeah. of it. And I don't know anybody else in town that's doing that, but you referred me to the gentleman in Utah that did yeah. the same thing on me. So talk to people about what, what is the difference of the mechanics of what you do versus Traditional chiropractic.
1: I was just explaining this to a triathlete I just worked on today who actually used to be a high school science teacher. So I was like, I was just thrilled to explain it's Newton's law. We can lower the mass and increase the speed to produce a change of force, if you will, versus having a larger mass of a human being with a slower speed to try to create that change. That's the real gist of it all. They dialed it into what they call a big word, but a piezoelectric platform which means that when we test materials, we can see the integrity of the material and how it moves and its properties. And that can give us data that in real time can change and we can monitor that change. And so the technology I use is called ProAdjuster Technology. It's a pretty exclusive group around the nation. Uh, It is proprietary for chiropractic. They have other pieces in Japan and other areas that have gone beyond our profession but it's based on that piezoelectric platform and it gives that objective analysis. So I think we've always been doing a great job in in making change happen from the inside out as chiropractors, but I didn't trust myself. One of the things I had about 12 to 20 things on a list of burdens I carried, was I giving my patients the best care? Did I know if they were well? Did I know if they needed this and that? And uh, all these things were, I mean, it was just teed up amazingly, even with amazing coaching, with superior uh, leaders that have done a great amount of good. So I was just blessed with in 2008, and the idea of which is, you know, we would analyze, mm-hmm. which I don't think we do that enough. Uh, we just assume that everybody that comes to a chiropractor is going to need care. Well, I don't necessarily believe that. Everybody has a spine, and every spine should be checked, but you don't need it every time, all the time, and especially in the same way as unfortunately sometimes happens. So to discern where and what not to do is really an amazing piece. It's like music. It's, it's noise, but it's also rest and quiet between the, the notes. So uh, there's, a, there's a rhythm that you can establish in the way the body functions that when people are part of that partnership and they, they determine that for themselves... It's it's phenomenal to see life change, and I've been privileged to be with this group for. I was realizing 15 plus years we've matured wow. greatly. I I do want to learn the the work out of Japan because that's a next level. Wow, uh, a lower frequency work that is profound.
0: So I want to make sure I hear you correctly in that you're. It's almost like you're saying, you know, you have these God-given abilities to manually adjust, but we're hesitant of like, you know, do I need to do this or what have you, and it's, I can relate to that with, I'm able to diagnose you know, mental health issues on people. I've, I've actually done it once or twice because I'm, I'm like, I don't wanna tell somebody that. Mm-hmm. you know, I'd much rather work around the symptoms of that and get them to realize, hey, there's an issue here, but mm-hmm. I don't like putting labels on somebody because what if I get it wrong? Or I'm not entirely sure. And that's a lot of pressure to tell somebody, you have this, what's in your book. And especially the people that we're dealing with at Racing for Recovery, they don't have self-esteem to even question why somebody is doing this. They're just like, okay. Hmm. And there's some heavy diagnoses that are put on people, borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder. And it's like, whoa, man, you're diagnosing somebody within meeting them in five minutes. That's heavy. You know, and I hear you talking like that, and I can relate to that. It's mm-hmm. like, ah, you know.
1: Yeah, we've. Uh, I just referred with a sports therapist, or a sports doc, who's very good at his work this week. But it's, it's the medical model of bullying, and I'm not saying this is true of all of our. We have the greatest healthcare in America, yes. of the whole world, but yes. unfortunately, it's not always healthcare. So in this case, it was intimidation, doctor-directed care. This is the way it goes. This is how it happens. This is what you have, and it wasn't a a partnership, nor was it very patient-directed. Uh, and, you know, gentlemen will obviously still partner with, but ultimately, and these, these are well-known physicians working with athletes of higher levels. Our approach is different. We, Like you said, we want that patient not in a box with a label. Yep. I mean, when that happens, and that's one thing we've never wanted to do in our profession is diagnose in a way that patients feel like I, they identify with that. It's more about the solution or yes. their own realization and, mm-hmm. and the empowerment that comes from that. It has to be a lifestyle change, particularly with what we do. Mm-hmm. So it's been a fascinating journey.
0: You know, I last March, I went and saw a uh, podiatrist about a toe that, you know, I've talked to you about. And right away it was, you need surgery on this. We have to put a screw in your foot and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I have 10 more Ironman races to do this year and it was well you you can't do that you won't be able to do them okay I appreciate that talked to you about it got adjusted with everything and I I know there's some issues in that Mm. toe but I believe that no I don't need to put a screw in my foot right now that even I was told it's not guaranteed to even last right so I thought I'll keep doing the natural path and see how that goes
1: holistic and uh, you know your foot and toe are going through your gait cycle but so is your entire body to perform and we were just talking about that last night you know the the podiatrist is confined to the ankle and foot and that's it yeah and it's unfortunate because that's probably about the smallest box you can work out of it's powerful of course but just as much as they would have a non-weight-bearing assessment and most people's problems with their feet and gait doesn't have a lot to do with them being non-weight-bearing. It has to do with them performing in a weight-bearing fashion. So there's a very logical simplicity to it all, but unfortunately, I think we've gotten a long way away from that, even to the point where we've, it's called mechanism. We try to break everything up into its parts and, and be smarter to put it all back together when I consider myself a vitalist. Vitalism has always been around where what can we make this individual be as as enhanced as possible, you know, from the bigger picture to thrive. And uh, we, we've, in our Western society, become much more mechanistic.
0: How can we get people to utilize chiropractic not only more, but really understand what it is and just as important what it isn't
1: That's a great question. It's been a movement that we're over 100 years working at this. I mean, let's just face it. They they figured this out thousands of years ago when it came to the spine and how it may help. And so many people self-manipulate because they know it influences their nervous system and function. Ultimately, I think we as a profession have to be uh, along the trend of technology and capabilities of assessment for a doc to just have a bench and lay someone down and palpate and make changes, we're past that point. I mean, if we're living out of that, that's a great pure place to have started, but there's so much available that I think the assessment, just as much as this technology, everybody can be checked. I've seen so many more little kids, we've always taken care of pediatric, but uh, especially young athletes, because we can see some of the breakdown before it's become an issue. And that's unfortunately the model is, okay, well, this isn't this bad. This is a minor minor grade one strain, and come back and see me if it gives you any further problems. But it's it's showing you then that it's having problems. So if we can detect and correct for that earlier, which is the nature of subluxation. That's our term. That's our domain. We're not a dislocation practice Mm -hmm. or profession we're not a fracture we're in the subluxation range where we want to do things preventatively before they become far worse
0: how do how do you see what you kindly do for people how do you see that affecting them on a uh, emotional spiritual psychological and uh maybe intellectual level like how is what you're doing helping people other than just the physical piece where where else is it also enhancing them
1: uh, appreciate you kind of bringing me back to that it's about the person and we dig deep with them as much as you probably do with Mm -hmm. your persons that you work with where you really want to know their motivations you really want to know what not what problem they have but what is the problem like what are they not able to do with their grandchildren or something that's so life altering for them that it's become a priority for them to literally be with us and that priority will change we realize that and that's part of life but the reality is if we don't connect with that, which I have a great team at my office to to connect and find out what is the motivating factor, what is the the thing missing from this person's life. And, you know, I'm amazed at the number of people that don't know that. I mean, as much as we dial in and dig on that, they just don't realize it. For example, why do I have this pain? Well, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, you're the doctor, you tell me. I mean, they don't say that, but that's kind of the the mentality for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's like, well, have you ever sat with yourself? I mean, that's a practice I have is not just with myself, but with the Lord in the morning and just kind of just listen and just just be human being, you know, just be um, so many people running to and fro and we're all guilty of that. But they just don't have a uh, inner um, innate consciousness of what's happening in their body. So and why it's happening. I would say that if we remove our own interference in much, much of our lives, we'd be 90 percent better Mm -hmm. So most of what we're doing, 90% of it is our own interference, whether it's where we sit, talk, think, sleep. What we're doing, you know, we're in a broken world, so we're doing it to ourselves. And we just remove that interference. Now, we're doing it physically. We're doing it functionally. But that person has to remove it, you know, in their own awareness.
0: Wow. I love this conversation. So you kind of answered that, but I'm going to ask it more directly. Sure. How much, and I'm, I'm asking this kind of for people I'm sure can relate to the, the situation that I'm in for themselves, but I'm asking it for my own healing in this. How much of pain that is presenting physically do you think is really stemming from emotional?
1: Well, I can tell you every pain by definition is emotional. I don't know if that, but everything has a correlation to emotion in that way as emotional cause cause yes. yeah there is the majority of pain syndromes i just had one today or presented yesterday we saw her again today that was a nurse just a profession that has a lot of emotional mm-hmm. um, turmoil day in day out depending on what they're doing but nurses are a lot of who we see and just unbelievably, we we talked through some of the stuff that she's working through, 12-hour shifts, they're understaffed still and all these things. We made the changes. She was able to get her best night's sleep, and and then then it compounds itself. So the emotions start to get regained and under control. But one thing I know that we can't ever do is let our emotions lead us. It's part of the process, but so many of us, you know, some people have dispositions towards being more emotional, but our emotions – in my opinion can can mislead us in a lot of cases but when it comes to pain it's a it's a high correlation with and then there's of course psychogenic pain where it's completely emotional mm-hmm. I have a, a couple of those patients now and uh they just have to realize where they're at in life and although we're going to alleviate that pain it's only temporary till they get to the true cause of what their 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 traumas have been you
0: know there's as we're talking here, there's so many parallels, or to what, how you're speaking and what we do here at Racing for Recovery. You know, it's a different. You're doing a different modality, but conceptually, it's it's the same thing. You know, and I, the power. I hear a lot of the power of choice, mm-hmm. the ability to make these decisions. Of hey, I'm working 12 hours a day. I know my heart is leading me into this, but I'm making these choices that are now mm-hmm. inf- affecting me. Well, I can. I can change that choice and maybe work eight hours a day and feel better. And I don't, I don't think people really give themselves enough credit to know they do have that power of choice. And it's empowering to make that
1: radical, and very yes. empowering, and radical. And it's a life, it's a game changer. Now, it, it wouldn't be easy. If it was easy, you know, they probably wouldn't be at that place of trying to make that choice. But uh, yeah, they have complete. I mean. Bottom line is we have really choice in almost everything. You know. free will. Live and die. Right. Maybe not, but everything else.
0: In between there you do, mm-hmm. right? Powerfully. Yeah. You know, the innovation you guys are doing with your, your treatment is how I look at our way of doing it. This We don't come from the, I have a disease, I can't help myself, I'm powerless. That's just, no. Mm-hmm. You don't have a disease. You have the ability to change, to live the life that you've can that you desire right. and and people don't unfortunately in in our field they've been ingrained to think i can't i'm i'm diseased for the rest of my life right. i can't i can't help myself and i'm like wow no you can so we battle against that all the time just i can't do this i can't get off the of drugs i'm destined to be like this it's like no you're not Wow. but if you can't get that initial mindset of i can change it's hard to then get somebody to put the action to follow through to reap the benefits that right. we're talking
1: about yeah they have to have that realization everything else is just not going to last and that's the thing people come and go from a chiropractor but if a patient is in a life of wellness you know generally speaking it's part of their life it's an anchor yeah. you know anchoring to those things that are going to keep them stable i mean it's a probably a little digression but a little bit of what I speak of that you know we can go weeks without food you know days without water certain amount of hours without rest I feel the nervous system operate mm-hmm. that's seconds I mean it it's that critical wow. but we don't really prioritize in that way and I think even being more critical than nervous system tissue and spinal is eternal right I mean wow. so there's this continuum that we're actually opposite of everybody would like to try to reprioritize by what they eat. I'm going to practice that a little bit. Maybe I'll start moving, but Manitoba did some studies and, you know, we move, if we move, we get twice as healthy as what we eat in many cases, Mm. because it kind of helps what you eat when you move. You know, the same was when you're getting nervous system tissue cleared up and spinal alignment and all these sort of things, then you're feeling that you can move and then you start to eat well. So when you look at it the opposite way, if you got your eternal right then you might look at something like a spinal that's been just left out as like a afterthought until it's unfortunately decayed and and then it progresses all the way the other way wow so it's just a different thought that we don't have in our culture but in in eastern culture they do yeah you know it's a whole lot different you probably have had some experiences when you've been out on the on the battlefield so to speak right. with your iron
0: uh, you mentioned basketball before. Did you have aspirations of really doing something in basketball?
1: I did. I, uh, you know, one of 13 kids in high school, I was uh, transferred to schools outside of my family. Um, I wanted to compete for a certain school, and I thought I had all my checks and balances to get eligibility, and it never came through. So mm-hmm. I had to play a few leagues to try to make it for Division One ball at Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it in the 90s, but it was great to be with the team a little bit and to travel. Uh, I've always remembered and think fondly of when we played the Fab Five, but it was never in my uh, experiences. But without that, I was able to then meet my my wife and children and have the life that I have. And I have the knees now, and I have the full functionability at 50 to continue to get after it. And I'm enjoying other sports and other athlete uh, workouts. It's been great. I, I regret it. I remember at the time, Todd, I was devastated. And I went to a, uh, on our campus, it was quiet. I think the students had left for whatever point of the year it was. But they were having Special Olympics uh, wow. competition. And I sat in Epler, and I looked at these people competing in basketball mm-hmm. that two gyms over, I, I, you know, failed. And I just had a moment.
0: Wow. I can and see it on your face. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. Uh, I went into officiating. I You know, of course, I was always on the other side of the officials, so i thought what what do you want me to do? Do something as humbly as officiate and uh God took me down a road that I'm very pleased with. Uh, I don't know, and my my children, you know, they never became athletes as I had hoped, so God has a plan, and it's not always ours, right so
0: did you were you always were you always got i call it godly inclined? Has this always been a part of your heart and mind, even as a kid?
1: I, as a kid, as a Catholic, I, I would be the kid on the front pew singing in mass. And I knew I was weird to my classmates, but I didn't care. Good. Uh, I In the neighborhood we were in was kind of a rough neighborhood. My family decided we were going to move to this community to, to redo. I mean, be a part of the renewal of this community that was very urban in Cincinnati. And I would walk two miles of church because I just thought it was important. So there were some things in my hindsight that were indicators that it was important to me but not as important as the daily sacrifice that I enjoy now and the enjoyment I have in that, the obedience. Um, but there's just dif- different levels, different seasons. And uh, I'm humbled by it all because it's, it's, it's been his hand the whole way. 1997 was where I really tipped the scales and made a conscious decision. And from there, you know, I knew that he would never leave me, never forsake me, that I, no matter where we went with what we did, that we were gonna make a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm.
0: What would you say to somebody that may not think they're good enough for, for God's grace?
1: He loves them so much. I was such a scared, um, timid. I just, I had no confidence in myself at that time when he showed up in my life. It was unexpected. I was searching, trying to get my act together. Didn't expect it. And he overwhelmed me with his love and, you know, that that's what I would say to that individual is just be available to him. When you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Uh, at that time, I was impressionable enough that I, I really became open to the idea. I didn't necessarily want to do it, didn't like it, but I knew it was what he wanted me to do. So I guess there's some obedience in that as well, but just being open to his love and uh, enjoying the, the relationship.
0: I really see the emotion and coming through your eyes with this. It's uh... Yeah. It's inspiring to, to me as a, a human being, just seeing that. I, yeah. I love when people can speak on anything with conviction and passion, regardless of what it is. But mm-hmm. it, um, we call it, I call it a vibe. Some people call it God. Some people call it spirituality. Really, it, It's all the same thing to me. But we have a gentleman, um, I'll, I'll mention his name, he'll probably be proud of me for saying it, Michael Herbster, who came in here as a client and is like you, he's like Adam, you know, he, he he has that, I call it the it factor. Mm. And to watch him, I mean, he's been around us for almost six years now, works here, runs our spirituality meetings, is a big advocate for God and what it's done to him. And he talks about what we did for him. Mm. And I look at him now and it's like, it's really about what you're doing for for me, I can say that personally, and for other people in here with that piece. Because I do believe in a holistic approach to living at Racing for Recovery. That's what we talk about. But that, that, um, that one last piece, there's just, um, I, I don't have what I see other people have. And I'm mm. inquisitive of it. Yeah, I respect it. But I haven't been able to quite maybe understand it or feel it the way I see other people do. And I'm like, what am I, what am I missing in that?
1: It's your Todd time. I don't know how much Todd time you have with him, but I know I've quieted on that Gulf of Mexico fishing trip. I was isolated, it was a quiet time in my life. Uh, I've heard his voice. You know, there's a story in the Bible where it was you know, expected to be thunder and all this amazing experience, and it was just a whisper. Mm. And that's how I feel like, you know, I've really learned my relationship uh, so much more is just in that quiet whisper of the quiet time which, you know, in your achievement, it's been phenomenal and far more inspiring. It's almost, it's a sacrifice. I know it's a sacrifice for you to do these things. Ultimately, you know, there's seasons of all of our lives and I have full faith in knowing that we will experience His goodness and His powerful presence, you know. It's not about anybody else's experience because that's their own relationship, which is the amazing thing that He has. But, you know that Todd time is uh, like my Tom time, yeah. and uh, it's been a it's been a beautiful thing. I know that if I was doing 100 Ironmans in my career, I probably weren't. I wouldn't be as available to him. Mm-hmm. So I thank you for for going out front with that yeah. and things like that to show the world, you know, how spectacular we are as his children, mm-hmm. what we can achieve, and what we can overcome, and what we can lead for.
0: What do you think your life would be like if you didn't have God in your life?
1: Well, I would think that if I didn't have God in my life, I'd be back to where I was, where I had a willingness to die, which maybe that speaks to some people, because that was a very strong feeling in my, like, I just didn't care. I feel like I gave it everything I got, and I didn't have anything left. And I was, I mentioned before, kind of um, just intimidated and and, uh, not necessarily empowered to do much. So, but I do think in full faith that if I didn't have him it's only a matter of time that I, he would have me and it's it's truly that way that he he has in mind for us even before we are even born, you know the plans that he has for us and they may i mean they're almost always not what we think i mean yeah. i'm like you've written books so and yeah. could write a book about all that yeah. but it's it's beautiful when you see in the end game that. You know, in all things, he works for good to those who love him and are called according mm-hmm. to his purpose. And if, if you are called according to purpose, and it goes on to say that, you know, we are, you know, that we have a destiny with him, that he works these things out, you know. So even if I had a, a, a lifetime of loneliness uh, without him, I would ultimately realize that he has some appointment with me. Wow. And I would just hopefully hang on. That's a powerful statement. I think, uh,
0: you know, some of my, I call it my uh, detractors or haters or whatever you want to call it, you know, it'll be like, ah, this is all about you and your Ironman. And I'm like, you're not really, no, it's not. You're not listening to really what I'm saying or what we do because it's called Racing for Recovery. I am mm. a part of that. Yeah. It's not Todd Crandall. But I, I do believe that I had... I survived myself with my choices and addiction to do this work. And I'm very aware of that. Um, truth be told, when I asked that question to you earlier, it was me asking that question because it's like I, I, I have a, I have a search for self-betterment in any capacity.
1: I have the same. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nutrition, exercise, spirituality, mm-hmm. e- education. If somebody can help me be a better human being, I'm into that. It's just some of these things that um, sometimes I'm like, man, maybe I'm I'm not supposed to be in that club or I don't know how to get into that club. What is that? Mm. And I keep working at it because like talking to you today, I'm like, I I want that. Yeah, I see that. I think that's what – I don't even know how I found you guys. To be honest with you, I don't know if, if Julie found you guys for me or whatever, but as soon as I walked in there, I'm like, this is different.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Normally I have a better awareness of how I met some of my patients. Yep. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. I've really enjoyed the season we've had together. Yeah. You know.
0: I got to get in there next week. Yeah. I can tell. I, I cheated on you when I was in Texas. I, saw, I went down there and I, I saw somebody down there who did the manual thing. Yeah. And it was interesting. It, it helped. And I was thankful for it. But it's different. And it's almost after seeing you and then your, your partner in, in Utah, the, the couple times I've done a manual adjustment, I'm like, well, this isn't the same.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty insulting, for lack of better words, to our system when we have the sustainability of a technology base to know what to do and what not to do. Um, but again, our bodies are amazing. Yeah. you know, oh, We yeah. adapt yeah. all the time.
0: What, uh, do you have any – I say this to everybody. Do you have any questions for me since I've been grilling you for the past I, half hour? I
1: love what you just said about surviving you, Yeah. that you survived yourself. And I was thinking how profound that is on a daily basis that I survive myself yeah. with my tendencies and quirks. And so how do you – I mean, you're at this level where you're out in front so much. You're going to obviously have detractors. You're going to have people that um, – you know, it's just true of anybody that's not in the arena, so to speak. Maybe they're in the arena, but they still have their, but how do you survive you? What do you do?
0: That's a good question. It's been hard to, you know, have people literally that they're not in the ring. Yeah. They think they know what that ring is like, and they're not even in the city that the fight is in. And I've learned to have empathy I've always had empathy. My enhe- my empathy is constantly being enhanced to try and not look at it, what they're doing to me or saying about me, but trying to have empathy of why they're feeling the way they're feeling and just mm-hmm. praying that they get the hope or the yeah. help that they need. And that has helped to calm me down that I can just stay in that, that fight because that's what I'm supposed to do. Maybe, maybe some of the negative that comes along with what I do is the lesson that I'm supposed to learn to bring me closer to mm-hmm. the Almighty in some capacity. I don't, I don't know. But surrounding yourself with like-minded people, being willing to be better as an individual, and connecting with people that can help you be that better individual like yourself, that's how I, I cope. I mm-hmm. do not lose Mm-hmm. that is one thing about me i do not lose i did not lose when i was trying to find drugs ever
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i don't lose at finding anything that is going to help me be a better human being and right. that's how i constantly that's survive
1: that's your non-negotiable and that's what yeah, keeps that's you it. in that mode yeah but if i understood what i heard you know there's gonna there's detractors and you kind of look at that as understanding not the question or what their comment is or but more where's that coming from and I think you're intuitively taking that to the Lord probably maybe to your own experiences, but you know, asking what, why is this happening yeah. now? W- what is this about? Because right. it's defensive. not about
0: me in the end, really. Right. Any, you look at anything that somebody is projecting something God, like politicians, referees, mm-hmm. you know, a- anything, it's what somebody is feeling really about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of sports no matter what decision that ref makes, he's a moron to somebody in the audience because it's usually why their kid is being penalized and that hurts them. So therefore that person is bad. And I really started to look at that and go, well, wow, they're, they're acting this way because they're hurt within themselves. Mm. That's not me. It's not Mm. the ref. Mm -hmm. It's how they feel. And they're not wrong for how they're feeling, but how do we understand those feelings and maybe help them cope with them better that they're, not yelling at the ref. Right. They may not like the call, but they don't yell at the ref in front of 50 other parents. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. So surround yourself with the good people and have those detractors, you know, just take, take what they have against you and, and understand it better. Yeah. Is a beautiful way to overcome. Yeah. yeah it's, it's been a journey in my life to look at some of that stuff as well. And yeah, I appreciate. So, so, uh, my, the only experience I've had in Ironman competitions, one of my mentors in Atlanta in his late stages of life has been competing. But my sister as well, yeah. my youngest sister, one of those 13, and uh, one of my younger sisters. And her first, uh, it's an amazing experience just like we were sharing earlier mm-hmm. with where God showed up in her life. She, she didn't know she was pregnant with her firstborn. And when that happened, you know she was in the height of her competition at that point. Oh you know, and training and all those things. And of course, we're men, so we can't really relate to the idea of what right. a pregnancy yeah. really is. Right. But yeah, that's yeah. like probably not optimal, and it's certainly going to be very adaptive. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was, I'm was, i so proud of her as well as my entire family, but um, for her to do that, and not only do that, but do that over and over again and continue as a firefighter to serve. But her family mm. is phenomenal, and I just i like to know your culture because, you know, from this, I mean, you mentioned the one gentleman who's now leading and you feel like this reciprocating, like, you know, I'm thanking you. He's thanking us. But, you know, it's truly uh, the other way around. Right. And uh, there's a verse I go by in Luke 638. uh, I believe it's that it's, uh, you know. Give and it should be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. And those Hmm. four things have to do. A lot of people think it has to do with giving money or something, but it was in relationships and uh, judgments and things like that, that that was spoken by Jesus. And as that was um, in your relationships and people, you know, mentees, and like, where do you see your organization being in in the next generation? Like my sister with her kids, they're phenomenal. The 14 year old's a pilot. The, the other one just won state wrestling? I mean, it's just, you know, obviously as an uncle, I'm really proud of them. So
0: I, you know, I'm 56 years old and I feel I do this. I, you know, my mom killed herself from drugs. This story, I've said this so many times, but my mom taken her own life because of emotional trauma and led to an addiction has turned out to be the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. You know, it took me a long time to get there. I, I was into drugs myself, as everybody knows, and all that stuff. But I survived it. I made a choice to stop. I believe that God and my mom, on April fifteenth of nineteen ninety three, just said, "That's it." And it was that message. So maybe I've already received that gift. Mm-hmm. I just viewed it in a different way. But I've I've taken that that blessing, I heard it, now I'm like, I'm done. And I just knew I was going in a different direction. You know, but eight years into my sobriety, just by using sport, which has always been a part of me, racing for recovery was formed. So for me, it's a, it's a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy doing them still so I can travel and meet new people and mm-hmm. visit new cultures. But really it's a marketing tool to develop that. And to answer your question directly, this is a young man's game, young woman's game. I, The people that work with me, nobody works for me, they work with me, are people that I look at that I'm like, you're better than me at this. So come in and help us take this to the next level. And I'm, this yeah, is like my awesome. fifth kid. I sit back with pride and just go, look at that, look at yeah. that, look at that. And watching people get better, it's not, it might've been through what I started. But we are here because of the other people that are around me, yeah. and I'm smart enough to know that. So yeah. to me, it's like bringing in other people that can carry this on when I'm gone, because I believe Racing for Recovery's concept will be and is already—it's the new way of of helping people in addiction.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's because it's not about addiction; it's about how do I live in peace and sobriety. Mm-hmm totally different. concept.
1: Absolutely. I always, you know, you can't manage stress. You can only create peace. You can only create full function in your body. You can't manage the external circumstances uh, as much as you create. So, you know, uh, being aware of, you know, faith in my, so being, um, you know, faithful and uh, want, you know, want less and some other things that are really functional in our office when it comes to managing that. Uh, As you said, you know, you have these children you raised up, mm-hmm. if you will, and I think of that Luke verse where it's, you know, uh, good measure. You've been blessed, mm-hmm. you know, with a platform, right? Whatever that looks like, that's a good measure. Pressed down, which means that you've been pressed. I mean, hmm. uh, in the church world, they say higher levels, higher devils. I mean, it, it just it it it's a oh, high, yeah, yeah. Uh, shaking together and then overflowing into these individuals, and that's the only way God gets his. His gain out of us is because you know we're we're just a single entity for him but if we can overflow right how do we overflow in life and that's what you've done here for these many years
0: it's so. interesting like when i when i wanted to have you on it's like yeah i want to talk about chiropractic and the stuff you've done for me but the better it, it's not the message no
1: i yeah right yeah,
0: yeah.
1: i do like talking details of the right. waves and whatever but right. Yeah, I, yeah, it's my own tendency to get away from the, in the weeds a little bit and to stay yeah. with the, the big picture of the why.
0: Loud and clear. It was yeah. awesome having you on here today. Thank you, Todd. What an honor. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you next week. All right. All right. Hey, guys, share this episode, please. It has a powerful message. Uh, until next time, check out racingforrecovery.org. We are here to help you or your loved one live a life that they never thought was possible.